as one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And to the republic for which it stands. The Democratic National Committee is located in the Watergate office building. The burglars forced a stairwell door, then taped its latch open. Well, I'm not a crook. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One nation under God. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. Good Lord, there are no words. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Title IX, the landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, launch sequence started. D-16, IU green to go, propellants pressurized. T minus 15, legal anatomy of current events. SC ready and green to go. T minus 14, FOS ready, green to go. T minus 12, S1C fuel tank pressurized. T minus 11, SC green to go. Legal anatomy of current events, green to go. T minus 10, internal power, green to go. LES ready for ignition. T minus 9, 8, 7. We have ignition. Five, four, commit for launch. Green, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Repeat, we have liftoff. Legal anatomy of current events, all for you. Now, on the air, target locked. Hello, America. Welcome to the legal anatomy of current events. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado, and we bring this legal anatomy to you to break down the legal analysis of current events. We do it every week. We're glad to do it. That's why we call it legal anatomy of current events. We're going to anatomize your mind and break it down into its legal analysis and component parts so that you understand it. We take the most recent news that we find and give you the legal basis and explanation. This is a non-political show non-biased show, even though we might cover and will cover politically charged topics. We're giving you the legal analysis, plain and simple, neutral analysis. And today in the news, right, on December 5th, the United States Supreme Court heard arguments with regard to the 303 creative situation in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, this lady's out of Littleton, Colorado. She uh, says she would refuse to make a website, right, for uh, for gay people, and she won't do it. And so this case got it all the way to the United States Supreme Court, which we're going to uh, talk about today. And that is a sequel, if you will, to the Masterpiece cake shop case that was heard by the United States Supreme Court in 2012. So we're going to break it all down for you. We're going to give you the analysis, and I think uh, we're going to give you uh, an insight and a look 
into the views and the legal components of the Constitution, the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Statute, and there's probably a an anti-discrimination statute in your state, whether it's Mississippi or Oregon, California, Maine, New York, Florida, doesn't matter. Uh, there's probably on the books a similar statute. Uh, and so we're going to take what the Supreme Court uh, is looking at here, in, and we're going to start with the 2012 Masterpiece Cake Shop case, and now 303 Creative LLC. We're going to break it down for you. Okay, Brad, first of all, let's talk about how do these cases get to the United States Supreme Court? Because we've got a case right now, Creative 303, that does not have litigation. There's nobody suing anybody else. There's no, as lawyers say, a justiciable controversy. There's no bona fide dispute. There's a dispute, but there's no dispute between two people. And that goes against the grain of what we're normally taught in law school that's called a justiciable issue, that you have to have a real issue between two or more people uh, if you're going to have a decision. Because courts don't normally, we're taught through all the law school we went to, courts are not, are, are not going to take issues that are not final that are not have some real issue at hand. So let's discuss that issue and how this case gets all the way to the United States Supreme Court. It's interesting that the case did get to the Supreme Court. It's interesting that it got to the Court of Appeals, uh, which it has to get to before it can go to the Supreme Court. It's interesting how it, it went up to the, the trial mode um, because it's exactly right. Although there's a potential claim out there, a potential issue that might have to be determined, normally courts look and say you don't have standing if you're not, uh, if you're kind of saying your bacon isn't in the fryer, frying pan, if you're not actually uh, facing some potential loss, or if you haven't already been charged with some potential uh, ill-doing that causes the courts to have to step in and say you violated the law. Um, in this particular case, it, um, you can tell that the judges want to uh, address this issue, that they want to um, uh, be more clear, which I'm glad they are, than they were at the, in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, uh, because that Masterpiece Cake Shop case really didn't get to some of the main issues that have to be decided in this particular part of life uh, when we're talking about um, how and what uh, you can and can't do and still stay within the, um, the confines of the, um, of the law when we talk about anti-discrimination. Um, the bottom line is right now we're facing a, a great deal of question marks about whether or not you're discriminating when you refuse to uh, make cakes for, do websites for, uh, same-sex uh, marriages or same-sex relationships. And that, that seems to be the issue that's being dealt with now. Uh, normally, you have to have standing. Standing means you have to have taken an act or refused to do an act that violates a, a law and that violates a, a rule, an anti-discrimination law in this case, or an anti-discrimination right requirement. Uh, in the Masterpiece Cake Shop, uh, the, the, um, the cake maker refused to make the cake. And then, and that led to the decision that there would be a case against him for anti-discrimination. Uh, the Supreme Court, as many say, kicked the can down the road uh, and didn't really address whether or not he could or could not uh, um, refuse to make the cake. It addressed the fact that he wasn't treated appropriately, according to the Supreme Court, 
when he was uh, being being uh, um, judged for his refusal to make the cake, and as a result, uh, uh, they determined that he he was improperly found to be responsible for not making the cake. The problem is, is that he did have something that he had an action that he had taken. And he took an action or refused to take an action that could be considered discriminatory. In this present case, in 303 Creative, there's been no request to make any kind of a website. As a matter of fact, she doesn't have a website business. And yet she says, I don't want to go into business if I'm going to be required to um, make uh, websites for, uh, for same-sex people. Yeah, let's use an example everybody's going to understand. Let's talk about the fact that Brad just said you got to have a real issue, a justiciable issue. I said it. Let's take attorney advertising, right? Everybody understands that. You see all these attorney ads everywhere. You hear them on radio. You hear them on podcasts. You see them on TV. How did that all get started? Because attorneys weren't allowed to advertise in the beginning, right? And so how did it get started? Well, the case is called Bates versus Arizona. Bates was an attorney in Arizona, right? And he couldn't just say, I want to advertise, and the Supreme Court would take it up. There had to be a real controversy. So what did Attorney Bates in Arizona do? He went out and he advertised. When you was illegal, you couldn't do it. It was against the ethical rules. And so he put his license in jeopardy to make a real controversy. And then Bates versus Arizona got all the way to the Supreme Court. And as you know, you might have guessed, the Supreme Court of the United States said, Attorneys have the right of free speech, and they can advertise, and therefore they reversed it. But Bates had to put his license in jeopardy by advertising when it was illegal and unethical to do so. So, the, you know, the Masterpiece Cake case in 2012, Jack Phillips refused to make the cake. So there, there you have the controversy. But in 303 Creative, it's kind of a hypothetical. It's not a Bates versus Arizona. It's a hypothetical, hey, what if? What if I have a website business and what if I don't want to make a website for same-sex couples? What if that violates my free speech? And so, you know, free speech, this case, 303 Creative is based upon free, free speech, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, right? Free speech. But the so, question yeah, is... Yeah, Brad, let's talk about a little uh, bit about uh, that. Under what circumstances are you refusing to allow someone to have free speech? And that's what becomes the, the, becomes the problem. Uh, the what ifs. What if somebody calls you and asks you to just do, uh, we just want to use your, uh, a part of your website, uh, creativity. Uh, we just want to use some of your regular website creativity that you have that we can buy pre-made. So it's, uh, in essence, uh, what, what you are selling to people as a regular part of your boilerplate pre-website, uh, or we want you to add in wording for us. And we, we want you to add in the following wording for us into your website that you're going to create for us, where we give you the words versus you, we want you to add, add it in, but we want you to create the words for us. Um, where does the free speech start and where does the, their own speech start in 303 Creative versus the speech of the same-sex couple that might want to, uh, that might want to be, be advertising or be putting together a website? What's really important about that is, is that you've got to understand that 303 talks more about freedom of speech, not just the same-sex. Uh, because uh, they, they've talked about the fact that they may not w be willing to do a website for two people who met 
why they were married to different people and are now getting married because they've, they had a, a relationship and got divorces and are now remarrying. And they're saying, we're, we're not, the, 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 the facts that the court needs to apply to this particular case are next to impossible to rein in and determine uh, what exactly you're going to say is for what you're allowed to do. Right, because there are no facts. I mean, it's a hypothetical, and that's what we're talking about. Look, less than 1% of the cases in the United States of America get to the United States Supreme Court. Less than 1%. So how did this case get there? And we gave you the example a minute ago of Bates versus Arizona. And in the, the old days, if you're an older, older person, you remember the, the case, the boxer Cassius Clay then became Muhammad Ali. Uh, he refused to take the oath to be conscripted in the United States Army during the Vietnam War time period, and he based it upon freedom of religion. And, and so how did that case get to the United States Supreme Court? Well, they want to hear it. They have to grant it by permission. You have to request permission. There's not an absolute right to appeal. You have to request permission. They have to grant it. They have to accept it. And they reject over 99% of the cases. So that ought to put a halo and a flavor, right, on this creative 303 case. They want to hear this. They want to do it. Now, at issue, what's at issue here? Brad, we've got the anti-discrimination statute in Colorado that says basically it's got a lot of words, legal words in it, but basically says you, you can't discriminate when you provide goods or services in Colorado. And other states have similar, similar statutes. So now they want to address that. But I want you to compare, Brad, a minute, because in 2012 in the Masterpiece Cake Bake case, right? They didn't decide the case on its merits. Now, everybody pay attention to this because Supreme Court and appellate courts can reverse cases and kind of dodge the issue. They can say, well, we're not going to discuss the issue or the contents or the merits. We're going to decide it on a procedural issue. So let's compare, Brad, the Masterpiece Cake case to this one because they did not decide the Masterpiece Cake case on the merits. Well, that's the confusing part about it uh, is they didn't decide it based on the merits. Uh, they instead what they determined is is that the person who um, who at the commission uh, enforced the decision that there was um, some kind of bias or prejudice involved with the cake make with the cake maker Mr. Phillips when they decided that he had, he had violated the the commission's rules the the court took up the fact they didn't like the due process that he received they didn't like uh, to what extent this person was a fair and honest, gave him a fair hearing and a full hearing and an honest decision. You mean decision. the hearing officer? And, yeah, the hearing and the commission, the, and right, the, the discrimination commission. commission. Commission didn't do it, but you know, as we, you know, you, you look at it. There are nine Supreme Court justices. Normally, you get a, a decision made. The Supreme Court justice makes the decision after they've all gotten together and talked about what they want, and he, and that Supreme Court justice will write the opinion. And normally, you get the judges agreeing with the opinion or dissenting from the opinion. And every now and then you'll get a justice who's agreeing with the opinion, writing a separate opinion because they want to give a different point of view. Every now and then. Every now and then. In this case, out of the nine Supreme Court justices, five of them wrote their own opinions. Let's get this clear. Separate opinions. Right. Not just say, not just going along with the majority or going along with the dissent, right? Right. Separate opinions. So five out of nine wrote their own opinion as far as what they felt what should have been the outcome or the reasoning behind the outcome for the Jack Phillips case. Uh, what are we talking about when we when we come to that? That means you didn't have a clear majority really for the 
for the theory behind the decision that was being made, except for their determination that the commission's consideration of Phil's claim wasn't a, really a full and fair commission. It wasn't a neutral commission. They, they didn't like the way they treated him. Well, and that comes to due process. That doesn't talk about the First free Amendment. Speech. No, no. It, it doesn't, doesn't talk about free speech. It doesn't talk about freedom of religion. That comes to due process, which is, in a way, you can go to the Supreme Court if you, weren't, if you think you're violating your due process. Well, you know, Lori Smith from 303 Creative couldn't say she wasn't given due process because she didn't do anything. So they didn't do, she didn't do anything that the commission was going to say she violated uh, or impose any sanctions because she wants to do, she wants a decision before she goes into business as far as what's going to happen. Now stop and think if every person in this country started picking up laws and started looking at those laws and thinking, I don't think I like the way that would apply to me. And I want to go to the Supreme court on every single one of them, but I don't want to go out and commit of an act that violates that law. Instead, I just want to take it to the Supreme court to determine whether or not that law should really be the law. It's sort of like me wanting to open up a donut shop down here on a standalone piece of property. That's not zoned for donut shop. And I haven't taken any action. I didn't spend any money. I just kind of want to know. It's just kind of hypothetical. So can I open a donut shop in Thornton, Colorado or Portland, Oregon or Bangor, Maine when there's no zoning for it? I just kind of don't like it. So I think I just want to test it. That's kind of what we're looking at here. Brad and I were always taught in law school forever. Everybody's taught in law school. You have to have a justiciable issue, not a hypothetical, not a wish, not a maybe this, maybe that. Think of Bates versus Arizona. The attorney had to advertise, put his license on the line, be in true jeopardy. Then they decided the case. Well, sure. Think think of all the cases you've dealt with where where you've got somebody who wants to have a decision made. They have to have what's called standing. And to have standing, that means they have to have, as I said, they have to have their own bacon in the frying pan, and they have to be dealing with whether or not they have violated some type of rule, some type of, of law, not just sitting there saying, I want to look at that law and, and have it re, reviewed by the Supreme Court. Otherwise, we'd have every single law that goes into effect probably at one point or another, somebody looking at it and saying, I want to have this reviewed by the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court would be saying, but you're not doing anything with regard to the law. Why can you just start picking laws you want to have decided? And, you know, Lori Smith, 303 Creative, we don't know for sure if she's even going to end out opening up 303 Creative, even if she wins. And what would be a win? Because what is she saying she doesn't want to do, except for right now, the basics, I guess, is she says, I don't want to have to create websites for same-sex marriage. Right. You know, you're listening to Legal Anatomy of Current Events by Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're located in Denver, Colorado, and we're glad you're joining us. We try to cover current legal issues and give you the legal analysis of the same. Sometimes a little history thrown in there and make you understand exactly what is happening on a legal basis. This is a non-biased show, a non-partisan show. We don't take sides, but we certainly do cover uh, very hot partisan topics, and we're talking about one right now. So, we're, you know, at the end of our uh, end of our podcast today, don't forget we're going to do our our idiom, American idiom of the day. It's kind of fun, and also don't forget we're going to do our quote of the day. We always have a good time at the end of the show, end of the podcast every week doing that. So, this, you're listening to part one of this presentation on this free speech issue of this case, 303 Creative, that was argued before the uh, Supreme Court on December 5th. Now, 
back to the bake shop case, you know, Masterpiece Bake Shop case. That case was in 2012, right? And they decided that case because the Supreme Court said that they didn't like the attitude, basically, of the hearing officer before the Discrimination Commission in Colorado on how he treated Mr. Jack Phillips. Now, pay attention to this because that decision did not address the merits, the merits, free speech, and discrimination. It didn't address it. Said he didn't treat him neutrally. Should have treated him neutrally. Therefore, we're going to reverse it. But by reversing it, Brad, and then we're going to get to the 2012 and 2015 cases, uh, and that's what we're going to have time for on this podcast today. But but by reversing it on a procedural ground, that he, the Supreme Court didn't like the attitude of the hearing officer in Colorado, he didn't have to make the cake. Due process. He wasn't given due process. He didn't get a fair hearing. He didn't get a fair and impartial. But due person. process wasn't really argued. That's exactly in the it. case. It was never really argued. Instead, the issue was whether or not he should have to make a cake for same-sex marriage, which, by the way, was not a cake that gave any expression of approval of same-sex marriage. It was a theoretical cake that they asked for. Was just a regular cake, a wedding cake. It was just going to be used by two men. And the answer was, we're going to kick the can down the road. We're not going to deal with it. No, but when you say kick the can, all the legal analysis knows that you're not going to decide the case on the merits. We're going to do that later. What we're going to do is is decide that we think the hearing officer didn't give Mr. Phillips the right attitude, and then we're going to reverse it. But the reversal means you don't have to make the case. That's right. And that's not my idiom for the... For no, the, no, I, the I guess it could qualify for but, one. But, you know, some people could say, what's kick the can mean? And so hopefully we know that what that means. But the bottom line is, is that the, the court dodged the bullet. It didn't, it didn't d- deal with the case. It, w- it decided it would simply say, we don't like the way you were treated. So we're going to take the penalties that you incurred by the commission for refusing to make a cake for same-sex marriage. We're going to take those penalties and erase them, and we're going to act like none of this happened. Basically, now, you know, because when, a, when the Supreme Court decides something on the merits, it could affect the statute. The way they make this decision in 303 Creative coming up can obliterate the Colorado statute or it can leave part of it intact or none of it intact, which we're going to cover on next week's podcast, part two of this podcast. But Brad, before we, before we end this, if you want to ever contact us, just email us at info at legalanatomy.net. That's info, I-N-F-O, at legalanatomy.net. We'll speak to you. We'll react with you. And, and if you have subjects that you want us to cover, we'll be glad to do it. Before we wrap up today, Brad, the, the Masterpiece case was, in, case was in 2012, right? And then in t- 2013, uh, we had the United States versus Windsor, and then we had Oberfell versus Hodges, which was a huge case, right? So you got the Masterpiece cake case on the books. And then what happened in those two United States Supreme Court cases? What, Windsor and Hodges? Well, it, you know, once again, those cases had specific events which were happening. Uh, in the United States versus Windsor case, uh, there was a question is what, which does the um, Defense of Marriage Act uh, defines the term marriage under federal law as a legal union between one man and one woman. That's what it did, and it did, did that deprive the same-sex couples who were legally married under state law of the Fifth Amendment rights to equal protection under the federal law. Uh, the court held that the states have the authority to define marital relationships and that the Defense of Marriage Act goes against legislative and historical precedent by undermining that authority. 
the result is that the Defense of Marriage Act um, was uh, determined to be um, inappropriate as for when it was defining same when it was defining marriages between one man and one woman, and instead uh, extended it to same-sex marriage. Uh, so there was that 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 strength um, that that once again seemed to be opening up doors. Uh, we're not going to talk about other parts of the Constitution that might have been discussed because I'm presuming the courts um, uh, determined what they were, uh, uh, did, uh, that they consider both um, full faith and credit clauses as far as whether or not uh, different states could have different laws that each state has to recognize. Um, but um, they, they said that the same-sex couples in the, um, the, the De- Defense of Marriage Act violated the rights of same-sex couples. It was in violation of their Fifth Amendment guarantee of equal protection, and therefore it wasn't enforceable to keep you from having a same-sex marriage. Yeah, let, let's get this right. They decided the Masterpiece Cake Shop case in 2012. Then in 2013, they said the Defense of Marriage Act discriminates against people, same-sex relationships. And so they struck it down under the Fifth Amendment, which is interesting, and we might cover part of that next week. Next week, and then in 2015, they uh, decided the case of Overfell versus Hodges, which said, "Right, does the Fourteenth Amendment require a state to license a marriage between two people of the same sex?" Yes, they said yes. Does the Fourteenth Amendment require a state to recognize a marriage between two people of the same sex that was legally licensed and performed in another state? And they said yes. So you got Masterpiece case in, in 2012. Then you got Windsor saying you can have same-sex relationships in 2013. Then you got Hodges in 2015 saying you can have same-sex marriages, even if yeah, and you have to recognize it from another state. So that's where we're going to leave it off on today's podcast. Next week, we're going to get to 303 Creative. That's the history, right, of the Masterpiece uh, cake shop case, right? And the subsequent cases, Windsor and Hodges. I will say... After reading the masterpiece case, I'm still wondering whether or not he has to make that cake. Yeah, we're still wondering where, where that I, ca- where that I, cake is. I've come to the conclusion that the way they they tried to enforce his making or not making the cake was wrong, but I'm not certain whether or not he has to make that cake. Exactly. But the fascinating takeaway from today is we just said several times in this podcast that in 2012, under the masterpiece case, they kicked the can down the road, which means they don't they don't want to side the marriage till later. And this is later, right now. And in between, we've had two cases from the same Supreme Court authorizing same-sex relationships and same-sex marriages, right? So now they kick the can down the road, and they're taking this case when there's really no bona fide controversy between two people. Okay, it's time for our American idiom, and uh, we're going to do it. We love doing this. It's a fun part of our show. Brad, what do we got for an American idiom this week? Well, actually, I've got two. One is on these cases. Because when you start looking at the masterpiece cake, uh, masterpiece cake case, um, you you have to determine, uh, and maybe even Oberfell and United States versus Windsor, uh, that the devil's in the details, and <laughs> so you know you start trying to figure out what that means, that idiom. All right, and kind of in the Supreme Court, we explained it. And my quote for today is from Robert Louis Stevenson, and he says, "Quote: Life is not always." a matter of holding good cards, but sometimes it's a matter of playing a poor hand really well. Think about it, a poor hand really well. You're listening to 
the Legal Anatomy of Current Events podcast. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollack. Our law firm is in Denver, Colorado. We're glad to cover these subjects for you. If you want to contact us or if you have any suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear about, you can reach us at info, I-N-F-O, info at legalanatomy.net. Gary Bell, Brad Pollack, Bell and Pollack. We will see you next week.